Hey, everybody, welcome to The Lawyer's Daughter. It's Jen. It's 2021. It's February 1st, which I'll post this on Tuesday. I decided I'm going to try to post on Tuesdays. So I will post this tomorrow. But um, yeah, so I've been gone. And a lot hasn't happened since August, but I, I realized what did happen is I pulled back from everything. I mean, from everything, from talking to humans, from doing anything. The pandemic, of course, was huge, is huge, and continues to make everything difficult, but I really pulled back. I think I was overstimulated, exhausted. I cannot believe what we all pulled off in a pandemic, in this case. But there's still some loose ends to talk about, and then there's some other things to talk about, and I've had so many people begging me to keep going. So I'm going to keep going, but it may or may not be what you like. So I'm just going to tell you, if you like hanging out with me and talking, hopefully you'll enjoy the podcast. Um, I'm going to try to do things that matter to me that I think have a broad application and with as it pertains to sexual assault survivors or um, laws or privacy or the things that I think are related to our case and, and are kind of starting to ripple out. Prison reform, there's some things happening there. Um, my friend Danny, uh, Heidi's um, lifetime friend from high school did get released from prison in December. Wow, has that been interesting. I would love to interview him so you guys could understand what it was like for him to serve state and federal prison time, which is of course completely relevant since we know we've got D'Angelo out there. So I'm hoping, and, and this is, you know, y'all know I lean liberal, but when I say liberal, because that's become now a like whatever word, here's the deal. I wake up every day and these are the things I care about. Human rights, civil rights, and freedom. Our ability to have freedom. And I know that doesn't come, freedom isn't free. Isn't that what they say? Freedom isn't free. Freedom comes at the price of us cooperating and working with one another and honestly caring about each other, which is still one of my biggest things that I care about in life is that we move with good intention. And there's a lot going on. I have heard from my daughter, who's Gen Z, she's 21, that there is so much anger out there. But I actually think this might be some form of being stir crazy. Everybody, especially her generation, Gen Z, right? These guys have all this energy. They're supposed to be out having fun, sowing their seeds, starting their families, doing all those things that are normal. Katie hasn't even had her first drink in a bar yet. I mean, she has because she went to Vegas when she was younger, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but really her first legit where she could go in and buy a drink and enjoy a drink. That's not possible for her. In California, we the virus is bad. And we are, if not anybody who has the ability to stay safe is staying safe. Um, but there's a lot of essential workers out there who have to go to work. There's the whole thing with schools and teachers, whom my heart goes out to. And then, of course, of course, the healthcare workers who I probably, they probably have never regretted their life choices more than the fact that they are basically our slaves right now, which I hate because people working in healthcare go there because they care about people's health. They want to help people feel better. And and instead, they're watching people die. So I, I, I just can't even imagine. And I know there's a lot of health workers that listen to this podcast. So my heart, like much love to you, much, much love to you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. And I apologize on behalf of all the morons who don't understand that their bad choices end up being your problem. That's, that's not the kind of world I live in. I want to live in the kind of world where we help each other. And the good news is, at least I'm, I'm privileged because most of my listeners and 
those of you who aren't know who you are, but most of my listeners are amazing and we share these values. So I may, um, I'm, I'm actually kind of less political now because things have calmed down a lot and I'm really happy about that. But we won't talk about politics, particularly on the podcast. I have a point of view. I always will. If you don't like my point of view, then you may not like the pod. But if you want me to at least provoke you to think, um, that's what I'm here to do. And I want to, and a lot of times I try to make sure I serve up both sides so you can think about what's happened and you decide what it is that you believe. But I, I think the best thing is that you've made a decision about what you believe based on thinking, not based on watching or being told by someone else. So that's it. We're part of this, this crowd, this podcast is about truth. Um, it's about, if we can't know the truth, it's about accepting that we don't know. So that's an okay thing too. It's okay to live without an answer, but it's also about helping each other and lifting each other up. So yes, this is a life positive podcast because that is my philosophy. Even though I have been in some really dark places in the last few months, isolated, I thought for sure I'd had a heart attack. So I was ready to kick off this podcast at the beginning of January, but I was, I just was convinced I'd had a heart attack. So I was waiting for new insurance. I had a bunch of tests. I did not have a heart attack. There's still something weird going on, but we're trying to figure that out. It's not, to my best of my knowledge, it's just not life-threatening or anything. It's just probably pandemic weirdness or malnutrition or God knows what else, but um, Lord knows we're not living normal lives right now. So, and I was assured by the doctors that I am not the only one coming in with like weird stuff going on. Um, and I also am going to a great therapist. It turns out she had for me last week, <laughs> so funny, I drove up at our house in a town called SoCal, which is just around the corner from Santa Cruz. And I showed up there at her home office and she goes, oh, God, I've been waiting for you all day. And inside her office were two foster kittens. Um, I don't know what we discussed in therapy, but that was the best money I've ever spent on therapy is having two kittens. And knowing my therapist was so excited to show me because they're just adorable. So if anybody wants sibling female kittens that are gorgeous, um, one's tuxedo kitty and the other one's just black, but they are the most loving little girls I've ever seen. They, they just, they're just cuddle monkeys. It's the best. Okay. Anyway, so yes, I'm going to therapy, doing all the things that one does when one is trying to maintain their mental health. So, so I put together a list of shows for the podcast. And now that we're kicking off, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about this up front because then I want you to come back. So if you haven't listened to The Lawyer's Daughter, you don't know that Essentially, the bulk of it is about the very trying times of putting D'Angelo in, in, into prison. But where we start now is in a post-trial post world, there are some things that are still um, important that are happening and things we should talk about. So I've made a list of content for the weeks to come. Like I said, I'll publish on Tuesdays. But here's the thing that I really want, because this is what's a little different. It was kind of different during the case because there was active news for us to talk about. So. I didn't, I don't have that kind of feed anymore. Like that, that was like this intellectual fodder for me. So I think that's some of what's made this a little harder because I've got to make decisions about the content, right? So I'm going to try to still stick to, you know, the lawyer's daughter having that point of view, but I need to hear from you guys. So the best place, and I'll, I'll bring this up again at the end, but the best place to talk to me about this podcast is on Facebook, the lawyer's daughter. It's just facebook.com, I think, forward slash, hang on a second, I'll tell you, forward slash the lawyer's daughter. It's, um, yeah, it's just facebook.com forward slash lawyer's daughter. That's it, lawyer's daughter. No punctuation, nothing. 
if you message me there, I'll see it. If you use Messenger and some of these other tools, I am not seeing them. It's a lot for me to keep up with. So if I can kind of, if you can manage to talk to me there, I can respond to you. If you need to tell me something privately, you can always email me. That's uh, uh, the email. My email has not changed. It's still Jennifer at jcarol.com. So you can always email me. Um, do me a favor, orient me. Tell me if we've met, like where or where you're coming from. Because um, that's still hard for me because I, I was so busy paying attention to what I was doing that sometimes other things didn't get. I don't remember everything. So that's that's what I'm looking for is go ahead and um, reach out to me on Facebook. And then if you want to play with me and be part of the banter, that is Twitter. So I'll, I'll give you that address too. That's Jay Carroll on Twitter. That's where it's much more um, contemporary current events, politics, um, late night bad jokes, weird observations of life. Uh, sometimes finding very cool um, rabbit holes. If you know what a rabbit hole is on Twitter, that's the thing you go down chasing the thing. You can have them on Facebook too, but you chase the story. Sometimes we, I discovered some cool rabbit holes. There was one yesterday of a um, couple during the pandemic who has made a mini model home. It's amazing. So anyway, I try to find some of that stuff to curate a little bit on Twitter so that you can have a fun experience. Okay, blah, 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 blah. That's everything. That's where, how to find me that I want to hear from you because I want to know what I should be covering or what you're missing or maybe you always wondered or whatever. Please let me know. Let's talk about um, our prisoner, our bad guy, Joseph D'Angelo. So many of you have noticed that I think it was the end of last week. Joe, Jumpin' Joe, has been transferred to Corcoran State Prison. So the first thing, if you if you went back and looked and listened to what I had done about how the California Board of Prisons works, BOP, uh, the, the way it works when you have a prisoner like D'Angelo who's been sentenced, he goes then next to a California prison that's considered a way station. This is where they figure out, uh, based on his points, so that that blog and podcast talked about points, but based on his points, and he has a lot of points, he, it determines what level he is in. So they, they send them first to Kern County, which is down kind of, it's just in the, it's considered in the Southern half of the states uh, of the state, but it is kind of by Bakersfield. So they, they put him in Kern County and that is where they do all these assessments and everything about where they're going to assign him for his final destination, which many of my fellow survivors were very interested in. I don't care. For me, it's no big deal where he ends up because it's, to me, it's like a different channel, same show. He just is going in to add SEG, which is administrative segregation. Uh, but so I didn't really care where he went, but some folks had very strong opinions about where he was going to end up. And so I think it's really important that he ended up at Cochrane. Now, Cochrane State is in Cochrane, California, which is not a thing. It's like Cochrane, California is just a tiny little burg in the middle of the California Central Valley. So when you look at California, if you aren't familiar with our state, right down the middle of it, especially if you go um, right where they would print the word California, <laughs> right down the middle of it, that's so true often, um, that is the Central Valley. It is a food bowl for most for many of us like a lot of food is grown there probably food you've eaten including california rice that's grown in the central valley um fruit trees almonds olive oils all kinds of yummy things are grown in the central valley it is highly agricultural it is also hot and cold it is a valley on the one side of the sierra nevada and if you didn't know that sierra never has an s it's sierra nevada you don't pluralize the s uh, Sierras, you don't say that, it's the Sierra, 
So there you go. There's a fun fact. But the Sierra Nevada is to the east of the Central Valley and to the west, of course, is the ocean. You go over some foothills like Santa Cruz. There's foothills between Santa Cruz and the Central Valley. We're actually two valleys away, three valleys away, I think, from the Central Valley from all the way where I am on the coast. But that's okay. They're, they're usually beautiful. And then when you wake up, you're in the Central Valley. And I hate it there because it's hot. I do not do hot well. I don't do hot well in Sacramento either. I am one of those women who melts in the heat. I will take the cold anytime. So the Central Valley is uh, th this Corcoran prison. It's, it's not known for being a great prison. In fact, the pictures, if you Google Corcoran State Prison, California online, you will see these photographs are gross. I'm disappointed because I don't think prisons should be hell holes. I think that's, I don't think that's the point. I, there's certain people who deserve it for sure. But in general, I think that that environment actually increases the hostility, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Corcoran State Prison looks like a hellhole. So um, it has all the levels that the Board of uh, Prisons has in California. So some prisons only have like levels three and four, which are the higher, uh, more dangerous levels. This prison, in fact, has all the levels, starts at level one and goes all the way up to four, which is our highest level, and ADSEG. So let me tell you a little bit. I think it's interesting because I just want to take a look at this prison and try to understand a little bit more about it. But um, the, it has the, their level four. It's interesting. They have two security housing units. They have the facility 4A, so level four, and then the facility A. This is for inmates who endanger whose conduct, I love how they do this, it's not, it's not them, it's their conduct, endangers the safety of others or security of the institution. So they're housed um, in either the SHU, which is the solitary confinement, ASU, which I don't know, and I'll have to go, oh, America, uh, no, ASU and LTRH, which I don't know, depending on their individual factors, but these are the very bad, bad, bad guys. These are inmates who have who have committed serious rule violations and they don't do well in general population. So they actually have, I'll just call it the Lord of the Flies wing. This is the bad wing and I feel really bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have our letters too. We have the ADSEG. The, it's a debrief processing unit. So that must be um, another way station and then the long-term restricted housing. Oh, that must be for you when you really are bad. So this is long-term restricted housing here in 4A. And these are the, the very, very bad seeds who are just aren't gonna change. They have no desire in changing their behavior. What's interesting though, they do have 4B in facility 4B, that holds 1,025 inmates. And it is, uh, I'm sorry, that 4A, that really dangerous one has that 180 design facility so they can see all around, which is, like living in a fishbowl. Um, 4, 4B doesn't have all this. So 4B is a, 4, um, I'm sorry, 4A houses a thousand inmates, but in the, um, in the, uh, I am so sorry, in the facility that's the good one, the one that's not for the bad guys, the unincorporated people, these are the ones that are, are this, this, 
area is committed to those people who want to leave their gangs. That's pretty cool. I didn't know there was a place to go if you wanted to get out of the gangs. You would actually be housed separately, but it says that they are. Now, I have no idea in execution if this really works, and I would love to speak to somebody who works at Corcoran, and maybe I can find someone. In fact, I will write a note about that because that could make a really interesting interview. So, um, just writing that down because that would make a really good interview. I'd be really interested to learn about how it goes down there in real life. Uh, maybe we do it without their name or whatever, but I'd love to know how it works. So maybe I could find an X guard that would be willing to talk to us. But that's, okay, so that's the level four. These are all typically very violent people. This is not your drug dealers and stuff that have done, uh, your simpler drug dealers. These are people who have done systemically bad things and then you have the ones who can't get along with each other and the ones who are trying really hard to be members of some kind of society it'd be interesting if i can get danny to talk about this too because he'll know some of this from being inside lompoc he was at lompoc federal last but he was also at california corrections so he will know this side of the the um prisons system as well in the the, the part where d'angelo is going is called ad SEG, A-D-S-E-G. That's administrative segregation. And that is there to help um, deal with people who require being housed alone. Now, I'm not exactly sure why we're housing D'Angelo alone. That was probably my biggest problem with this whole thing is that I thought he should have to be in the general population facing his peers. Can you imagine him having to deal with these people? He's had a pretty easy life when you think about it in terms of who he's had to deal with in his life. Here he is a, a serial criminal who went ahead and just lived out his life in Citrus Heights. I mean, that, that still really pisses me off. Well, he'll be living alone. He won't have to deal with humans. That's unfortunate, but, um, but at least he'll be there. They have all the sections and where he is in the ad seg. He ha they have showers and holding cells. They have exercise yard modules. I think these are actually just cages. And they only are intended to accommodate one, or if he has a cellmate, which he's not supposed to, one person at a time. So not only is he by himself all day, but even when he goes outside to play, uh, he has nobody to play jacks with. He is on his own. And for all of you that just did a spit shake, on jacks. I love you because that was just for you. Anyway, he has nobody to play jacks with and he is constantly supervised on CCTV, which is the closed circuit television and by the guards. He is able to get basic education, but he didn't need that. What's he going to need education for? This man doesn't seem to be particularly interested in anything outside of his specific field of interest. So I'm not really going to I just don't think he'll be taking advantage of the educational opportunities. Poor, poor guy. Anyway, he's there. And what I thought was cool is that they this facility does not mess around. We have had some famous prisoners there. And I just pulled a few just to give you um, a little taste of who else has served time at Corcoran. Um, okay, and now I'm going to put my phone on silent because it's Chris Pedretti, as usual, messaging me, which is adorable. Okay, so Manson, one of the people that has been to Corcoran was Manson, Charles Manson. He's uh, deceased now, but and he later went on to Vacaville for the mental hospital part, but he was there at Corcoran. So was a guy named Juan Corona. 
this man, this Hispanic man murdered 25 migrant workers in 1971 up in Sutter, in the Sutter County, um, in the foothills of Sacramento, um, not Sacramento, Placer foothills, like up there in Sutter County, up, up in the foothills. And those, that was in 1971. And he buried his victims in shallow graves in a peach orchard along the Feather River. Now this is 1971. This, this is the time when all these prolific, prolific serial killers and crazy people were going nuts. The 70s, my God, what do we do in the 70s? And I guess just uh, maybe technology has made it easier to prevent these people from being so prolific, but wow. So his name was Juan Corona. Then there was a guy named Peg Leg Morgan. He was a non-Hispanic man, but he was the leader and co-founder of the Mexican mafia. Go figure. Anyway, he grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. Those were his friends, so it makes sense to me. Um, but he had a prosthetic leg, and that's why the police started calling him Peg Leg, which is unfortunate because Peg Leg, you know, is the name of all of the pirates. And, you know, pirates are wonderful people. I'm just kidding. Okay, anyway, he was a murderer and an armed robber. And you'll love this fun fact. He led a jailbreak in L.A. County at the L.A. County Jail by hiding hacksaw blades in his prosthetic leg. Like, you didn't see that one coming. I can't believe he didn't have a prosthetic leg. Like, he had one with emptiness in it. Like, I would have given him the kind, like a peg leg, like a stick, so that he couldn't insert things in the prosthetic leg. But it sounds like uh, they didn't figure that part out. Come on. Can we not see this one coming? All right. Then we have this name. We'll take you back if you're, if you're as old as I am. Oh, my God. Okay. We have Sirhan Sirhan. He is the Palestinian Christian militant. That's not my word. Those are not my words. I am reading from the Wikipedia who assassinated John F or Robert F. Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. So you may re remember this from 1968. Um, Sir Han uh, was, uh, was really confused. He, he just um, recently, no, he didn't die. He is still alive, I believe. But he has really had some dissociative memories of the past, which I didn't know. I think that's interesting. You know, for all of us, are there's parts of our past now that if we're older, you know, you can look back and go, I don't worry, how was I even 13? I don't remember being 13 or something like that. That's how he um, doesn't remember what he did, he claims. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe he was in a manic state. Maybe there was some sort of psychosis going on such that he wasn't able to record it into his memory properly. Um, but he is at Cochrane. And then this guy who, I forgot this story, and he is there at, uh, at, at Cochrane, and he's gross. It is the guy named Cameron Hooker, and you guys probably, all of my true crime followers, probably remember the girl in the box story, the woman that was kept as a sex slave for seven years, which just saying that I need a shower. It's so gross. And then I made the mistake of reading more about it. And I really regret that I did because this is a story. If you haven't looked up, her name is Colleen Stan. And if you aren't familiar with this story, I'm sure it's everywhere uh, for people who follow true crime, but I, I clearly have ignored it because it's so distasteful and awful. In fact, there's one episode of SVU I think was based on this one, and that is maybe the episode that has disturbed me the most in life all in, and that's the episode where the girl was kept in that box under that guy's bed, and she couldn't do anything. She had to lay there and listen to him and his wife have relations. She had to lay there and be under his bed. Just that was where she was kept in a box under his bed. That's the SVU 
episode, but I think it is based on this. And this story is awful. He is there at Cochrane. So, and then the last one, and um, he just passed in January was Phil Spector. I have, I, I know people think he made great music. I just look at him as a murderer. I don't know what he did with music, but I feel like if you go and spoil your whole past with your horrible behavior at the end of your life or somewhere near the middle to the end of your life, you're an idiot. And I don't want to remember the good stuff you did because you are not memorable, not in that way. So Phil Spector was there. So now they'll have the infamous Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. He's not attractive. He's not interesting. He's not particularly dynamic. Good for them. They can have him. Anyway, okay, so what else has been going on? The survivors. With the pandemic, um, we're all still here, but we really haven't been able to hang out. I and mean, we were pushing our luck at the end there. Uh, Gay and Chris and I were spending a lot of time together when I was there in Sacramento, but now I'm back down in Santa Cruz, so I don't see them very often. Chris and I talk a lot. Uh, um, Chris's group is doing really well. If you haven't gone to look at Chris Pedretti's group, uh, it's time to, to share your story. That's doing amazingly well. I, I'm meeting uh, just amazing survivors in that group. So that's if you have, if you know someone who's been through sexual assault, has been assaulted, wants support, just wants to be in a place where they can say stuff that they can't say in their real life, that's a really good place to go. And that's on Facebook. It's also um, bookmarked or pinned to the top of the Lawyer's Daughter Facebook group. So you can, when you go up there, you'll see Chris, the link over to Chris's group. So please um, send anybody you, you can or want to. Chris does a lot of personal um, contact and reaching out to folks through that group. So they won't, they, I've not experienced anyone really be left hanging out there. The people respond really well to what's going on in that group. Chris and I did do a trip to Tahoe. There are two, there is one recording I'm going to share from that in a, in a couple of weeks. And then Chris has also done, is doing some videos. I'm going to share one of her videos too on my YouTube channel because I think they're great and need a broader audience. And I want to make sure that anybody can see them that wants to. ABC did a 2020, an extra 2020. I don't have a link for you, but Chris and Gay were in it along with some others. I think, I think it was a little repetitive. I mean, at this point, for me, it's all repetitive, right? But it was a little repetitive. But if you want to see more of them, that was look for something. I think it broadcast originally on October 30, 2020. Um, that is 2020 and 2020. Thank God that's over. So that's available. And then HBO is doing one more special. I think I'm shocking. I'm not included. <laughs> Oh my God, I shared so much love with HBO. If you don't know that, that's in the past, but that's, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not HBO itself. It was um, decisions that were made that were really bad decisions, but they're doing a follow-up and I believe Chris and Gay are included in that as well. I don't know who else, but um, I just heard from them that that was going on. And, uh, and and that's, that's all, you know, I, I miss everybody. I, we miss each other so much. It's just, but the pandemic, it's not like you can go hang out. I, I would love busting in on Katie up in Sacramento and um, seeing everybody again. But gosh, this COVID thing, until we all get our vaccines, um, I don't know. We, we got to just be careful. I mean, they're just warning us to be careful. So effective now, the beginning of February in 2021, still be careful. Please be careful. All right. So here's what I think is going to be coming up 
I still want to talk to Carol daily. That has not gone away. So I'm going to chase that woman because I want you to know the Carol I knew, which is not the same as how she typically goes out and promotes herself. I have watched this woman and I've heard some of her personal stories and I don't know what she'll be comfortable sharing, but I need you to see the Carol we see, who is um, the mom and the church lady and the incredible, incredibly generous ice cream maker. And I, I just want you to know that person. So I'll try to get Carol on here. Then we're going to talk about the man in the window. And I'm actually going to try to break that up into three, three shots. And that's on the new man in the window. There's, I believe it's two podcasts. I have not listened yet. I know what's in them because I talked with Paige about them for so long, Paige St. John, but I, I, I need to listen to them. And then we're going to dig into some of what was revealed there. So we're going to go through the man in the window. If you are not caught up, that's something you might want to do. And then we'll, I think I might even host a Zoom meeting so we could talk about it because there's some real big issues Paige brings up in the last two episodes. And then I want to dig into the NorCal rapist. And the reason I want to do this is that the, their case was very different than ours in how they were treated and what they had to go through. And I have one of the survivors there who I'm going to interview. She's amazing. But I think it's an interesting contrast to our trial. And I'd like to talk about some of those issues because that we had the gift of um, being a friction-free case in that nobody ever questioned our assertions. Everyone, with the exception of those women who were not included, and I, that still bothers me, the ones that the police decided not to move forward with, that still bothers me. But otherwise, those women were questioned, and I think that's crap. But otherwise, we went through with a bit of a um, protective force field around us because it was the Golden State Killer case and because we had DNA and because we had Michelle McNamara and we had all these things going on, we didn't ever get questioned. But in the NorCal rapist case, that was not the same. And so I'd like to talk about that. And I think Nicole, who I plan to have on, will talk about what that has meant for her, what how much harder it has been for her, what she had to go through. So we'll have that one queuing up. And then, um, and we might do a Zoom meeting after that too. And I'm just going to see if I can get her to join us on Zoom because I think folks might have a lot of good questions. And then I have some information from Deep Throat and I have to talk to her a little more about what she'd like to do, but I believe she has some information from some things that we don't know about D'Angelo. And there are some rules around what we can and can't talk about. So I'm going to figure that out with her and we'll bring that to you as well. But these are some things that you may not know about D'Angelo that um, may or may not have been reported yet. So we'll go through that. There's more, I know there's more, but I wanna also hear from you and what, you're, what you wanna talk about too. And so um, thank you so much for still listening. Bring a friend, tell a friend, help me with the podcast, help me um, maintain the audience, but please provide me with feedback. So if you wanna to talk to me about the murder in particular, best places, facebook.com forward slash lawyer's daughter. You wanna to talk to me about current events, politics, um, my bed and uh, my shaggy sense of humor that is sometimes hilarious and other times, Jen, what were you thinking? Yeah, I still do that. Um, that's all happening on Twitter where it, you can find me at jcarol. So it's, it's twitter.com forward slash jcarol, C-A-R-O-L-E. And I am glad to be back and I want to hear from you and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. Venture Highway